The Cannabis Conversation. A European perspective on the emerging legal cannabis industry. Welcome to the Cannabis Conversation with the News Desai, where we explore the new legal cannabis industry by speaking to the professionals that are helping to shape it. Welcome back. Hope you're all well. Big news from last week was Twitter's announcement that they will allow cannabis companies to promote their brands on the platform. Elon is obviously not having the best time with Twitter, so he's probably having to make some interesting moves. He's a funny figure. Some people think he's a business genius, incapable of any folly. Some people think he's the devil incarnate. As with most things, I think the truth is somewhere in the middle. I don't know enough about him to be commenting on his genius aspect, although a lot of people I like and respect do think he's done and is trying to do some amazing things. However, some of the people he publicly hangs out with, endorses, and some of the right-wing comments he's come out with, they don't sit well with me either. Anyways, making Twitter available to cannabis businesses has to be a positive. A major platform getting behind it can't be a bad thing, I hope. So this episode is sponsored by Evo Next. The Evo Next Business Festival will take place in Malaga on March 10th and 11th. Evo Next is focused on the latest trends and innovations in the next generation products industry, NGP. It's split into four zones, E-Zone for e-cigarettes, Heat Zone for heat not burn products, Green Zone for hemp products such as cosmetics, food or even medicine, Like X Zone for products like smokeless alternatives such as pouches or snooze. It's important to point out that this is a bit of a different take on a normal industry conference in that there's a variation of information, networking and entertainment, making it more of a festival feel. Unfortunately, I won't be able to make it out there myself, but there will be a few familiar faces from the cannabis industry, including our good friend Alfredo Pasquale. I'll be sharing links to the tickets in the show post, so please do get involved if you can. Now, on with the show. We have a highly informative episode about CBD bioavailability. Enjoy. On today's show, I have Dr. Sung Min Pyo. Dr. Sung Min Pyo heads up the lab at BASF for enabling pharma excipients. We'll find out more about what that actually means in a second. BASF are a big chemical manufacturing company based in Germany. Sung Min, how are you? Oh, I'm fine. Also, thanks for the invitation and also thanks for the very nice introduction. <laughs> so very happy to be here today. <laughs> Pleasure. It's great to have you on. I really like it when we have people on who aren't necessarily in the cannabis industry, but have expertise that they are kind of applying to this space as well. And so it's going to be great to hear all your kind of scientific knowledge on this topic of CBD bioavailability and, and the type of work that you're doing. But before we get on to that, it would be great to hear about your personal story. What's your background and what are you doing and what do you do as a job? Ah, yes, sure. So my name is Song Min Pyo, and it sounds Asian. I am Asian, Korean, and I moved to Germany to study pharmacy, actually. And I'm a pharmacist by training. And yeah, I think everyone starts with a vision. And my vision is to get the world a bit healthier than yesterday. And this is what drives me to do what I am doing at the moment. So R&D, research and development for a better medicine at the end. And yeah, for the PhD, I'm holding it in the nanotechnological field, which means it's a very long name. It's pharmaceutical nanotechnology. And with nanotechnology, you can also improve 
a lot the medicine we have at the moment. And yeah, this is in a nutshell what I am doing and where I come from. That's brilliant. And what sort of took you in this direction? What, mm. You know, you said you didn't oh. want to help people. Yeah, this is a really funny question. I mean, because, or it's a really good question. Funny in Germany means very positive that you like that question. In English, it's a different <laughs> way. So it's funny in German, <laughs> but very good and interesting in English. So let me correct that here. <laughs> yeah. And so when I was six, I wanted to become a pharmacist. So very early, but not because I want to become a pharmacist. I saw rocket ships on TV and I wanted to do that. So it means <laughs> I was always interested in science and wanted to become a scientist. And why I am so interested in health and healthcare is that I think that I can make a big impact here because it's something everyone wants to have, to be healthy. So in German, you say you a healthy person has a lot of wishes and dreams, but a person who is ill has only one dream, and this is getting more health. And therefore, I think, yeah, here's something I really want to do an impact on it and to make it better for those who need it. Exactly. Mm -hmm. Oh, that's brilliant. I love that story. That's a, a very touching and positive inspiration that you have there. And maybe you could talk a bit about what you're doing at BASF and how that's sort of, you know, involved in CBD, etc. And mm -hmm. So BASF itself is not involved at all with CBD. So what I am doing there is I have a lab, which means I'm a head of laboratory, and we are developing new excipients for the pharma industry. What are excipients? I have to explain here a bit because, I mean, the consumer at the end just take the pill or see the tablet, which is the final product. But the tablet itself is not made 100% of the active ingredient. You need a filler, a binder to formulate it. You need also something to, yeah, taste masking, a color. And there are tons of things which is inside this tablet. And the technique behind is very diverse. And this is exactly what I am innovating in. It means how can I reduce the excipients which are needed to make the tablet at the end better available for the body? That's a brilliant explanation. And yeah, I guess, you know, we don't ever know <laughs> exactly what's going into our body. Probably hear about the active compound in it, but not everything else. And that's great to understand that there's much more to it. And we'll kind of talk a bit about that more in a minute when we talk about CBD bioavailability. As I mentioned in my intro, this show is sponsored by Evo Next. And we're talking about the Next Gen Products Conference in Malaga on the 10th and 11th of March. How are you involved with them? Everything by accident. So <laughs> <laughs> I was contacted because I published an article very recently about the fact that only 6% of CBD is uptaken or intaken and absorbed by the body. And this article, of course, fits very well to what is Evo Next targeting in the next meeting. They will be in Malaga. And therefore, they asked me if I can be also presenting the results and also presenting the work I have done on this topic. And therefore, I was linked to Next, yeah, to Evo Next at that point. Brilliant. That's great. Unfortunately, I can't make it to Malaga as much as I'd like to. You will miss it. <laughs> uh, yeah, I know. It's annoying. <laughs> well, hopefully I'll get a recording of it, which will be good. And what type of people should be attending this event then, do you think? Mm, so the idea behind is to bring the people together on one place and not only one section, 
who is involved in CBD or in another topic. The great thing on EvoNext is that it's really diverse. So it means I am a scientist, I'm invited, but there are also legals coming in. There's also the um, industry coming in. And there are so many diverse topics, or how can I say that? So you have the whole picture from different point of views and make then the great picture and yeah, lead hopefully then the topic to the right direction for all. And this is the concept of Evo Next. Brilliant. Yeah, I think it's always essential when you have different types of stakeholders coming together in these events, because otherwise it's a bit of an echo chamber. And, and I think we all need to learn from each other, different parts of the mm. business and stuff. So that's great. That's very important because I'm scientist, which means I can invent something. But when I do not know what the market needs are or what the legal component of this is, then I do something. No one needs it. That would be very sad. So therefore, it's good to communicate with each other already at the beginning. And I think this is a good platform to do so. Brilliant. Absolutely agree. Cool. Okay, well, let's get to the main topic then. We're talking about CBD bioavailability, but this can kind of be expanded slightly beyond that as well. But before we kind of go into that specifically, I always like to take a kind of 101 approach to these things. Maybe you can give us a bit of a refresher on generally how supplements and wellness products that we take orally i guess how they get into our systems and how they help us mm -hmm. so i'm a pharmacist which means i'm dealing with medicine but my vision is to make the world healthier which means it does not start with an ill person it should always start with a healthy person and nutrition this is the beginning with right and supplementing sometimes is needed because of different factors like vitamin D when the sun is not shining, for example, or we need a lot of sunscreen because, I mean, cancer, not to have cancer is better, I mean, then, right? So there are mm -hmm. a lot of points where I think supplementing is good, not in all points, but supplementing gets more and more important. And yeah, this is where also my journey as a pharmacist starts, not only by the medicine, but one step before supplementing. But with regards of that, the intake is the same which means i intake something and then the body has to absorb it and the body is really clever i mean there's a huge evolution of the body right <laughs> and there are things the body think it's good for him and therefore take it in for example sugar everyone knows it when you take sugar you see it on your balance next day so <laughs> the <laughs> intake and the absorption is really great for sugar but we are trained to be like this and there are other examples, fat, for example. We are trained to intake and to absorb fat, sugar, carbons, vitamins as well. So there were tons of things the body knows, oh, it's good for me, I need the nutrition. But there is also the way around it, which means when it's yeah, not known by the body, then it thinks, oh, or it gets skeptical, like, what is that? Nothing what I may need. Maybe it's even toxic. How can I get rid of it, right? So this is then the mechanism behind in very... Yeah, I would say easily spoken way, <laughs> not the pharmaceutical way. But and the question is, how can I get rid of the things I do not know what it is? Maybe toxic for me. And this is where it's very important. I mean, for the medicine, medicine is something the body is not trained to absorb. It's something new. It mostly is artificial. And how can I say the body, it's something good for you? 
And this is actually what I am doing. So I always compare myself with a good taxi driver, <laughs> how to get the drug into your body with the right concentration on the right time to the right target point. And this is really difficult, and that's why it's a quite challenging job. And there are a lot of ideas how to get to this point. But first of all, maybe because you got the introduction with the bioavailability. And I think this is a very specific word and needs some explanation. This is exactly the balance between I will have it and I will get rid of it. So the bioavailability means 100% intake and also absorption is 100% bioavailability. All the thing I am taking in, also the body can do something with it or has an effect. Zero percent of bioavailability is the opposite. It means, yeah, the body does not take it to zero percent. And mm. there are medicine which are in between. And you say something is low or poor bioavailable when it gets to 10 to 20 percent. So right. this is bioavailability. Can I just ask, when you say absorption, is that absorption into the bloodstream? Mm -hmm, exactly. So I will try to divide it into the intake. So it means orally taken up, but the body also needs to absorb it into the bloodstream to be then divided through the bloodstream to the body, right? So the distribution through the bloodstream is very important to reach also the goal and the target inside the body. So therefore, it's a difference between just the intake and then also the absorption. In pharmacy world, you say also resorption. So it's, but I think comparable to each other, absorption and resorption. Right. Very interesting. And, you know, one of the things that I've learned from being in this space, and I hope I don't get it scientifically wrong, but cannabinoids and CBD in this case are fat soluble. They're not water soluble. Does that affect this versus other types of water soluble supplements, let's say? Yes. So the water soluble supplements, easy to handle because when you would like to pass i mean into the bloodstream the first thing you have to do is to be dissolved so one molecule which is not dissolved cannot be taken up by the body so there is no absorption so it's like when you swallow rocks what will happen nothing because it's <laughs> not soluble at all so yeah. the first thing that you need is the solubility and cbd exactly as you mentioned Things which are not well soluble are not really good absorbed. But the good thing, on the other hand, is CBD is oil soluble, which means you can increase your resorption or absorption when you also eat something to the or with the CBD, which is oily or fatty. And this is exactly with um, comparable with the vitamins, which are only soluble in oils, not in water. So vitamin E, for example, vitamin D, these are the, I would say, examples where the recommendation is to also take a bit of oily or fatty meal to you when you take also the vitamins. Mm -hmm. Ah, Very interesting. So that sort of aids the getting into your system. Mm -hmm. Right. Great. Okay, cool. So one of the things that you said in your initial bit was that the World Health Organization published some data yeah. saying that only 6% of CBD is uptaken, if that's the right word, into <laughs> into our systems. Does that depend on the, the sort of route of administration? Obviously, with cannabinoids, there's lots of different ways, smoking, vaping, oral suppository, etc. Yes. Can you go into a bit more detail around that? 
Yeah, so the World Health Organization publish or generally publishes a lot of interesting things. And one thing where I had to read really carefully was the publication where they mentioned that the orally uptaken or the orally intaken CBD is really poorly bioavailable. And they published also a number, this you have already mentioned, only 6% of the CBD that you intake is really absorbed by the body, which is not poor because poor is 10 to 20%. It's really <laughs> poor, poor, poor. So really almost poor. no absorption. And yeah, because I mean, my expertise is building these taxis. I was like, oh, CBD, I have to do something with that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And it's really tricky. So due to the fact that I'm a pharmacist, we are always trying to make it as easy for the patient as possible. And this is oral intake for sure, because mm. injection hurts and you're afraid of it. Not good. <laughs> yeah. And I think suppositories are also not very well accepted. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, oral intake is the easiest way. And therefore, yeah, I looked into the literature and this is exactly the publication where I met also Ivo next. How or what for technologies are available on the market get the CBD better resolved or absorbed by the body. Cool. So we'll, we'll talk about that in a second, but maybe before that step before that. So we're talking about oral products. You know, the probably most common form of that is a kind of oil-based tincture. These are kind of sold quite widely now and, uh, you know, sort of the backbone of the CBD industry, if you like. What, what is the reason for the bioavailability is so low in that product from your analysis so far? Because there's obviously CBD, but it's usually in a carrier oil, I believe, and maybe there's some other stuff in it. What's your analysis showed so far as maybe one of the reasons why the number is so low? So the first thing is it's good that it's in oil, which means the CBD is dissolved in the system, which is first or the first step, right? So this is already good. <laughs> But I mean, I always compare it with a bouncer. So the first thing when you um, intake something, then it goes to the stomach. Then there is an intake or I would say absorption into the bloodstream. But before it's going into the whole bloodstream and it's distributed to the whole bloodstream, there is like a bouncer at the door, I would say. And this is the liver. So this is the liver in our body. It means the first thing is the bloodstream is directed to and through the liver. And then there's like a bouncer saying, oh, CBD, I don't know you. Bye. <laughs> Your <laughs> name's not down. Problem. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and this is exactly what happens. So it means it's dissolved. So it can be really absorbed. But before it's get distributed, where it belongs to or where it can have an effect. The liver says no. And then it, yeah, you, how get, I missed the word, but get rid out of it. So it's eliminated. Mm -hmm. I don't know if it's too professional to say eliminated, but I think you know what I want to say here. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah, it's rejected or eliminated. And yeah, therefore, only a small amount of CBD that you intake really comes into the bloodstream and gets distributed to the body and goes to where it belongs to or where it's needed in the body. And this is actually really interesting. And this effect has a name. And this is the first pass effect. You have to pass first the liver. And when the bouncers say, okay, 
<laughs> and then it gets distributed. Otherwise, when the liver says nope, then yeah, it's eliminated, and there is no effect. Right. Wow. Okay. This is some super interesting. So the key here is how do we get past the bouncer? Yes. Exactly. <laughs> Then I guess these are the excipients that you're sort of looking at, right? That is a way to help you get past the bouncer. And is it, do you need to trick the bouncer? Do we need to hide CBD under a coat or something like that? Or yeah, what are some of the ways that we can? <laughs> <laughs> you got the point. So there are a lot of tricks how to circumvent this bouncer. So for example, first thing is you do not have to take the main door where the bouncer is. <laughs> so this is also a possibility. This is reminding me of my teenage years, by the way, <laughs> sneaking into clubs. But <laughs> Maybe you should come to us as a pharmacist then and tell us how you did. <laughs> <laughs> That's Maybe. for another conversation, I think. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but how to circumvent is you can also enter the bloodstream not only by the gastrointestinal tract, but by other routes and one common thing to do when you have this big problem or big issue with the first pass effect with a bouncer is to take things sublingually. It means under the tongue. And this is a real fascinating technology because we can see in the data for CBD that the bioavailability increases drastically, not only by a few percentage, by four to eight fold. So wow. it's really a big increase because yeah there's no bouncer anymore right so yeah <laughs> mm -hmm. and that's still even though it's a, still a kind of lipid soluble substance mm -hmm. and that's exactly the problem we have to combine things so the first thing is something well would be the root of choice because the bioavailability and why it's reduced there are different issues, and one issue for CBD is this first pass effect. So the main idea for CBD is to circumvent this bouncer, the first pass effect, right? There are also other issues, for example, solubility and so on and so forth. There you would use another technology. But here, to circumvent this first pass effect is the main point how you would increase the bioavailability. And you mentioned it right, due to the fact that the CBD is lipophilic, and you know that your mouse is not lipophilic at all, <laughs> the saliva is aqueous, they won't interact with each other. It means when I try to applicate it sublingually, at the end you will swallow it again. And then you have the uptake by the first pass effect and the problem behind. So with the normal formulation that you have at the moment on the market, you can try to apply it sublingually, but there won't be any effect. Right. Okay. So choosing a different route in is way. So if I understand excipients correctly, that's again, other substances are used alongside it as well. Mm -hmm. Is that kind of another area? So the idea here is to make a formulation that allows an intake by sublingual mucosa, which is aqueous, right? And one thing is, how can I hinder the formulation to be swallowed? This is the main question. And this is really easy <laughs> by making it really adhesive. And I love this comparison with sugar. I don't know why, but today I have only comparisons with sugar. So <laughs> <laughs> when you have the normal sugar crystals, you know that it's not adhering at all. So, But 
You know donuts where you have this snowy sugar, which is only reduced in size, and it it tastes very well to your donut. <laughs> <laughs> and this is not because it's a different kind of sugar. It's only reduced in size. And this is where my profession came in. So I'm an expert in nanotechnology, which means I can make things not only small, but very small in nano. So, for example, just to give you a comparison here, one centimeter is comparable in nano to one millimeter in Earth. So the diameter of Earth compared to one coin in size is actually the comparison in a few millimeters to a few nanometers, just to have it visualized. It's not small, it's small, small, small. And it gets more and more adhesive, and then it adheres to your sublingual mucosa and gets better uptaken because it has more time to be uptaken before you swallow it. This is one possibility to do so. And then another thing nano is interesting here is, of course, the intake is also easier for smaller particles because the oh, it's getting now too technical, I guess, but the curvature is higher for smaller particles and then the dissolution rate is higher. What does it mean? It means it's exactly like the sugar, I guess. When you have normal sugar and you try to dissolve it in coffee, it takes time. But when you have snowy sugar, it you put it in and then immediately it's dissolved and disappeared in the coffee. So this is also one example. So there are a lot of benefits here to use the nanotechnology and combine it with the sublingual route that you do not have the bouncer and then that you increase also the intake and absorption through sublingual mucosa. Wow, that's brilliant. And, you know, as a non-scientist, I could follow that. So that's great. <laughs> that's good. That's good. <laughs> thank you. I was a bit worried. <laughs> no, no, thank you for the explanation. That's really, that's brilliant. Okay, so... I'm going to talk a little bit about a sort of wider applications in a second, but maybe take a step back and I just wonder if you've got a view. Given that the level of uptake is so low currently, generally in these sort of standard CBD products, do you think a lot of the purported effects are down to placebo, you know, sleep and stress relief are generally the kind of couple of the things that people really talk about? Mm -hmm. So there are a lot of studies ongoing to understand this placebo effect. And it's really interesting because when you apply placebo to a person, there is always around 30% of effect. So it means placebo effect is equivalent to 30% of effectiveness, even though there's nothing. It's only, yeah, nothing because it's placebo, right? And therefore in pharma, it's always difficult to see the significance. So when a medicine is taken in, it will always have this 30% of effectiveness if it works or not. So you have to be additionally better to have an effect of your yeah medicine. And therefore, placebo effect is 30%. And I can imagine that the placebo effect also can be seen in CBD market, especially for formulations which are not effective enough. Best example is this um, publication of the World Health Organization with 6%. Yeah, that's brilliant. Thank you. It's, I find placebo a really fascinating area. And It is. 
And I have to tell you something. This is also interesting because placebo was really broadly investigated and the color of the placebo tablet also influences the percentage of effectiveness. <laughs> you won't believe, but <laughs> red is always good. <laughs> right. Yeah, it has a higher effect. And also the size of the tablet is interesting, but this placebo effect is linked to where you're coming from. It's also interesting because Germans, for example, think when the tablet is very small, it must be highly efficient because you do not need that much. <laughs> <laughs> But when you go to Asian countries, they think it can't work because it's so less what I get. So <laughs> there is also a discrepancy here you can see in placebo effects. So color influences a lot. And then what also influences a lot the placebo effect, and that's why I would like to link back to CBD, is when something is bitter, the people think it's effective because medicine must be bitter and CBD is bitter. <laughs> so <laughs> there is also a chance that CBD has a higher a percentage of placebo because the taste is bitter as well. Can be. Yeah. So it's, I mean, a lot about perceptions and I do some work in the psychedelic space as well. And there's a lot of talk around placebo and microdosing and, and these things. But that was really fascinating that there's a cultural um, element to it as well, which makes complete sense, I think. And also very funny that the Germans are looking at it from an efficiency perspective as well. <laughs> Exactly. I love that. I love that. Awesome. Brilliant. Cool. Well, look, I mean, your some of the brilliant work that you're doing has like wider applications than just CBD, as we're talking about. You know, we talked last week and you mentioned a couple of them, but I think antibiotics and omega-3 were the two that you talked about. Would you mind sort of telling us a bit more about that? Mm, yes. So bioavailability and the increase of bioavailability is good for everything. So, of course, you can minimize the concentration of drug, but having the same effect. You see, when the efficiency is by a factor of eight increased, then you, of course, need less amount of drug. And it's always good because drugs are also linked not only by the effect, but by side effects. And the less you take, the better is it for the side effect, right? And therefore, this is also good for the patients on the first hand. And it's also good, I mean, for... How can I say that in a politically correct way? So, <laughs> because medicine is not for free. <laughs> so access to affordable medicine is important. And it's also something I am dealing with to make medicine affordable for everyone. Because I also have a project and a team group working on this subject. And to be honest, all of my projects always have a slogan. And this slogan is medicine is not a luxury. And I think this is also quite important because the main cost of medicine is the drug, right? Is the drug substance. And when I can reduce it eight times or 10 times, it definitely gets cheaper. And then it's more accessible to all the people in need for this medicine. And I think this is also something I can change here. And one example is it also belongs to sustainability. For example, omega-3 is a good example. We are overfishing at the moment, but omega-3 is obtained by fish. So I can kill less fish, <laughs> having the same effect of nutrition in the body of human. So there are a lot of, I mean, interesting side effects and events I can create only by increasing the bioavailability of nutrition, supplements, drugs. And this is something I am fascinated in. 
And therefore, I start also trying to, or I am going to have a startup this year. It's called Pure Labs. And this is something I really want to push forward. It means how can we make more out of the resources we have? Because resources get more expensive, more expensive because we have so less amount of it. It means I would like to make it more efficient for the body with less resources, less costs or lower costs, having the same or even a better effect with less side effects. And this is really what I am dreaming on. And therefore, with this CBD, it started because 6% was like, oh, I have to do something here. And now it's adding up this idea into a company where I will also focusing these topics of overfishing, sustainability, access to affordable medicine by only one subject, which is linked to bioavailability here. That's so brilliant. And I'd love to hear more about your startup when that kind of moves on as well. I mean, there's some really compelling reasons there, aren't there, to sort of just make it more concentrate. With antibiotics as well, is there an element that this can reduce resistance or tolerance to those sort of? Yeah, this is a really big topic because antibiotics are commonly prescribed everywhere, right? But these formulations are really old. They are more than 40 or 50 years old. And you can imagine that at the moment or right now with our technologies, we can do it much better. And the uptake or the intake and the resorption, absorption of the body is also low here. It's around 10%. The maximum around is 40%, but nothing is more than 50 or 60%. So the uptake by the body is not that good, which means when I can reduce the concentration of one tablet, then of course it will be also reduced in the circulation of the water and then resistance can be also reduced. So I think here's also a big potential. And what I also found out is that antibiotic problems does not really start by the human, which means the tablets we are taking, but by the animals because they also need antibiotics and due to the fact that they are I mean too near to each other then it would be in nature when one cow gets ill all cows will get antibiotics so the amount which get into the water is not really linked to the human intake but due to these animal stories so it means when I can get a formulation right, which is optimized for the intake and absorption of the antibiotics, I can also, and I'm pretty sure, um, reduce the concentration in the water cir circulation and then also the resistance here from the antibiotics. But antibiotics is a topic, I guess it will come up in the next years because the formulations are really, really old and needs how can I say that the next generation <laughs> so, antibiotics? Yeah, 2.0. Mm. Absolutely. And it's a huge topic in itself. But that's kind of, you know, one of the reasons I, I got involved in this is seeing cannabis, but also plant medicine as, as hopefully ways to kind of deal with some of the issues that come out of that. But zoom in. This has been amazing. And thank you so much for sparing this time. We could have talked for a lot longer, actually, but I will leave you to go back to work now. Really, really interesting talk. And as a reminder, Sung Min will be speaking at the Evo Next Gen Products Conference in Malaga on the 10th and 11th of March. I'll provide some links in the posts for the show when I, when I put this out. But thank you again. I really appreciate you coming on the show. Thanks for the invitation. 
it was really nice talking to you and also to share a bit of the vision I have to make it really better to bring forward the healthcare section and to really bring a change into the system. Yeah. We were very grateful for your work. Thank you. Take care. Thanks again for listening. Hope you enjoyed the show. If you did, please subscribe, rate, review and share the podcast. will help me spread the good word on how this amazing industry is developing. I'm a commercial lawyer and I work with a number of cannabis businesses in the UK. If you need help with commercial contracts, data protection, employment, corporate or other business legal needs, please do get in touch with me via LinkedIn or at anuj at canvas.global.